Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers, and welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, episode number 30. And I'm here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out in the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thank you so much for being here. Now before we get stuck into today's episode, I just want to say a big thank you to those that have reviewed the show via iTunes. And I just want to read out a couple now. So Marty B71, a most enjoyable podcast, five stars. A great podcast to listen to if you like mountain biking. Some awesome interviews with insights into rider businesses and organisers in the UK MTB scene. Keep up the great work. Thank you very much, Marty B71, for that. I appreciate it. And another one from L. Tulloch, brilliant UK-based podcast, five stars. Really well put together podcast, no matter what level you ride, an interesting listen. Helps motivate me through the working day and focuses on getting out and riding. Great insight into the sport and industry that we love with access to some fascinating guests. So thank you very much, guys. That helps the show so, so much. Um, Just helps people find it on iTunes and helps the ratings go up and the downloads go up. And that keeps me here with you guys. So that is awesome. On to today's show, we're actually chatting with Will Clark, founder of the Mount Elgon XC and Enduro MTB race in Uganda, East Africa. Now, if you've been listening to the show, you know I've I've been doing some East African shows throughout the the episodes, and this is our fourth instalment of our African series, um, and the the thirtieth episode of the actual podcast. So, Will is the founder of the Mount Elgon XC and Enduro Mountain Bike Race. So, we chat to him regarding living in Uganda, his local trails, organising an XC and Enduro race, and mountain biking in general. Will also gives us an exclusive on an exciting new MTB venture he started at the beginning of the year and I must say it does look awesome. So Will is originally from the UK but has been living in Uganda for around 10 years. He didn't get into mountain biking until he lived in Uganda while managing a whitewater rafting business. But once he got that downhill bug, he was hooked and the trails out around there are amazing so you can understand why. So Will has really taken his love of mountain biking to the next level by holding a race weekend since 2011. Uh, And Will has just another couple of businesses on the go as well. He's a super busy man but he chats to us about his new venture which is all based around mountain biking so we will get into that and a load of other cool stuff happening in Uganda with Will Clark and Will's such a cool guy I really enjoyed chatting to him we've had a few chats since this interview uh, because we've done this a number of months ago so let's welcome Will to the MTB Tribe podcast so welcome Will, welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast it's awesome to have you here and um, I'm speaking to you from Uganda of all places. Yes, yeah. So happy days. And my listeners will know now that I'm kind of doing like a, a wee series from East Africa. And yeah. I, I wasn't really planning on doing one, but it's kind of worked out that way. So yeah. uh, because you guys all want to come on and chat and that is absolutely awesome. So so that's brilliant. So you're in Uganda. Can you tell us a wee bit just about that area you're in um, and what it's like? Yeah, sure, sure. So, um, well, where I'm sort of uh, speaking to you from right now, I'm in a place called Jinja um, in Uganda, which is actually where the source of the Nile um, is. You've got Lake Victoria and the source of the River Nile uh, before it takes its journey north. Um, and that's where I live most of the time. Um, really good, uh, big sort of tourist spot. We've got uh, um, whitewater rafting, kayaking, lots of outdoor activities like that. Um, and then where uh, we do most of the mountain biking, um, where we've got really good trails and I have a have another business up there, I have a small lodge, is up in the mountains in the east of the country, uh, in the east of Uganda, um, on the side of a big extinct volcano called Mount Elgon, and that's sort of three hours um, east from where I am now. Um, and that's sort of on the border with Kenya. Um, and that's sort of where certainly I do most of my um, riding, and that's where we have uh, have most of our sort of mountain biking um, activities going on. 
So, I mean, we do ride here as well in Ginger, um, but it's more sort of cross-country style fitness kind of riding. It's not so, there's not really any hills um, or certainly no mountains. Um, so, it's sort of less technical kind of stuff here. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and we're going to chat to you a wee bit later about your enduro race series there, and you've also got a, a quite an exciting venture happening at the start of the year. So we'll chat to you a wee bit about that as well. That, that's that's great news. Um, so for yourself, well, where are you actually from? Where are you originally from? Sure, so I'm from um, uh, northeast of England originally, not too far north, um, sort of. North Lincolnshire, which used to be South Humberside, so just south of Hull, um, north of Lincoln, that kind of area near the Humber Bridge. Um, sort of there, my parents are still there, and that's where I grew up. Um, yeah, and I've been here in Uganda for the last sort of 13 years. I've been, uh, been based here. So Right, and, and what took you out there? So I used to, um, my, my main sport used to be whitewater kayaking, um, and I came out here, um, actually, whilst I was at, at university in the UK studying, came out here with some friends on a sort of holiday kind of trip, um, and then picked up some work and and sort of worked out here for the uh, kayak school that was out here uh, for a few years. So that sort of brought me out and sort of got me sort of hooked and, and, and uh, sort of based here initially, and then over the years sort of. Um, things have changed a little bit with what I do, but yeah. So came here originally because of kayaking and the and the river, the White Nile here. Some of the biggest white water um, kayaking and rafting anywhere in the world. So yeah, and um, you're are you a general manager of that rafting company? Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm actually one of the owners, um, so I'm part with a with another guy. Though I didn't start the company, I kind of um, got involved into the 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 rafting company sort of six, seven years ago. Um, but yeah, I'm one of the owners sort of keep, yeah, I'm the manager as well. So I'm quite hands-on with that business and um, um, run, run it and everything as well. Yeah. 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 So that's your, that would be your, your kind of daily income is from, is from that and your lodge. Is that yeah, right? absolutely. The lodge, yeah, the lodge I have less, um, I don't really do much on the day-to-day with the lodge. I have um, managers in doing that, um, though I am still involved with that. But, yeah, that's sort of what keeps me going and pays the bills and um, and, and that kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and can you tell us a wee bit about why you like East Africa so much? What, what's kind of kept you there? You know, what, what's different from there to the UK, and do you miss the UK or...? You know, why are you still there? What's really kept you motivated to be there? Sure, yeah. There's, I mean, there's quite a few reasons, I think. I mean, I'd say one of the biggest things is there's, there's a lot of freedom here. Um, you can, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, there are laws and, and, and everything is very similar to the UK in that sense. It's an ex-British colony, uh, so like Ugandan laws and the way it's run and, and, and so on are very similar to the UK on a broad sense. But uh, basically, everything's just um, yeah, a lot more freedom. If you you know you can if you think of something you want to do, you can kind of do that. Whether that's a business or just you know ideas you have or just little adventures you want to go on, um, it's not really uh, I don't know. In the UK, you know, you, you're very much told how to do things, what to do. Um, whereas here, you you, you can really just just uh, if you think something up, you can just get on and do it. And then, and then on the the other side as well. I mean, we're we're in terms of geography and location. Uganda is um, on the equator, um, so we have the sun is up at seven a.m. and the sun goes down at seven p.m. every day of the year. The average temperature is about twenty-five degrees, wow. um, and it's pretty much always sunny with a chance of rain. So it's a pretty ideal sort of climate and uh, year-round nice weather. It's, it's cheap to live. There's, there's lots to do. So um, yeah, it's a pretty, pretty cool place. It's, it's quite, uh, from, a, from a business sort of in tourism kind of uh, standpoint as well, it's um, still quite young, uh, sort of quite new in Uganda, everything. Um, everything's still developing a lot more and more. So um, it's a good sort of time to be here, really. Uh, even the last sort of 
the you know 13 years I've been here, we've seen big big development, but it's still very very small, even regionally, but also you know compared to the rest of the world in terms of um, tourism. So it means there's a lot of potential for growth, and you know it's quite a, an exciting place to be, you know, with lots of lots of potential from that that point of view as well. I think so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and and. Your rafting business and stuff like that in your lodge, do you hire locals there? Does, do you give back to the community? Is that how it works in that, in that environment? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a few international staff in both businesses just to just to run it with the rafting mostly from a uh, uh, sort of skills and experience um, standpoint. Our trip leaders who are out on the river, we... We do have one or two international guys, although some of our local guys are almost up to that level. Um, but otherwise, yeah, we've got a full local crew of raft guides, kayakers, um, all our drivers, our guys who cook the food, guys in the office, all locals. So the rafting company, we probably um, employ around 25 local wow. local guys and girls. And then with the lodge, it's a bit more. It's about 30, uh, 32 staff or something like that. So... Um, yeah, and I think that's a really good way of giving back to the community. You know, I'm actually not a big fan of a lot of the sort of charity NGO stuff that happens this part of the world. But by having businesses and employing people and paying them well and um, and doing that kind of thing, it's a really good way of um, you know certainly helps mm-hmm. helps out a lot more. You know, and really um, can can do good things. You know. Yeah, totally. So. No, no, awesome. Very good. Um, so let's talk a wee bit about mountain biking then. Um, yeah. So what's your background about mountain biking? Did you start it in the UK and just continue when you went over to Uganda? So pretty much no. I never really mountain biked until I was over here and, and really quite recently. But that said, uh, when I was a kid, you know, when I was sort of a – at high school, um, my brother had a mountain bike. He didn't necessarily use it all that much, but he had a mountain bike, and he used to get um, MBUK magazine. So when I was young, I used to read the magazine, so I would sort of follow the sport, and I used to sort of steal his bike and mess around in the village and, you know, just sort of ride around on it and that kind of thing. So I used to... Yeah, I, you know, I used to mess around on bikes, but I never really, I wouldn't really say I ever went mountain biking, maybe occasionally. Uh, we had a, There's a local quarry in our village where the guys used to go and sort of ride steep little uh, drops and things like that. So I did a, did a little bit, but not, never really did it. So kayaking and, and uh, sort of water sports was more of my thing. Um, and then... Yeah, we were up in where we have the, the lodge um, here. Uh, it's incredible riding where we obviously do all the the, the, the racing and the riding now. But um, a friend of mine came up, when was this? This is probably sort of six, seven years ago. A friend came up who was big into his bike and brought a spare bike with him. Um, he came up for about a week. We, he was paragliding. We were doing some climbing and sort of just doing doing some fun stuff up there and uh, he bought a spare bike and we just went off exploring and that kind of got me I realized sort of how good the biking was there and then I sort of bought my first bike here just a cheap couple of hundred dollar old school hardtail secondhand thing and then sort of since then just kind of um, been getting more and more and more into it until now sort of it's pretty much I've pretty much retired from kayaking these days and, and mountain biking's the last sort of two years, especially mountain biking, is definitely now my my thing, my sport. You know, so I'm, I'm sort of fully invested in it now. I've sort of four or five or six bike upgrades down the line, and you know, <laughs> um, yeah, um, yeah, absolutely my thing. But yeah, never really had a huge history in, in it or big background in it. So, and that's why I quite I, I, it's quite exciting for me because it's still quite new, so I'm still improving, I'm still getting better, I'm still learning, I'm still finding all this stuff, which um, which is really exciting for me. It keeps, definitely keeps me interested. And what's your local trails? You talked a wee bit about it there, but what, what are your local kind of trails there? You know, do you have forest areas? Is it is it mainly open tracks? So you've got, you've got sort of a mix, certainly in the country, in, in Uganda and then uh, where we have the races and that sort of thing. So where I am now in Jinja, 
we've got a you've got a lot of dirt roads in Uganda as a whole, what we call Murram roads, which is this sort of clay red dirt, this sort of classic African red dirt um, kind of road. So, for instance, here I went for a nice ride this morning, about 35 k, and it was all on those sort of dirt roads through the villages, but nothing technical, sort of you can drive a car on them, um, that kind of dirt road. Um, so there's a lot of that, and that's what a lot of people uh, who do mountain biking sort of in, in Uganda and stuff tend to ride that kind of style. Um, and then, yeah, up out east, up in City Falls, where we have the, the large one, we have the race every year, there's some really good single track, um, single track there, and, and it's, it's all natural trails. Uh, we, we do work on them a little bit and dig a few areas and, and, and that sort of thing. But basically, they're all local trails. So local trails that people walk on and also like donkey paths. So you have donkeys that come up the mountain carrying, you know, carrying maize or whatever, they've, or coffee and things like that. So they're these natural sort of single track trails. Um, there are forest sections up, in, up there. But the forest is a national park. Um, so we're on the edge of Mount Elgon National Park um, and there are a few trails through the forest which we're allowed to use without having to pay or anything like that but predominantly we're outside of the, the forest, outside of the park and it's yeah these sort of just little trail networks and, and you know in those rural communities most people do just walk um, you know place to place to school or to church or to the to the little training center where there's a shop. So people are, are walking and then they've got, yeah, they use donkeys up there, there's there's cattle, that sort of thing. So you've just got these narrow narrow paths and um, and we just ride on those. And not too busy, so you're not sort of having to dodge people too often. Um, and uh, yeah, and you get a real nice mix of, of terrain. So we've got rocky sections, we've got nice dirt sections, we've got um, you know, yes, yeah, sort of real mix of mix of mix of things. Yeah, sounds pretty awesome uh, to be honest. And you know, it's funny because I've spoke to a few people from from East Africa now, and here yeah. in the UK, if you haven't been over there, you know, you would think, well, you know, the, the dangers are lions and elephants and stuff yeah. like that. You know what I mean? But um, I was talking to Adam Davis there uh, a couple of weeks ago, and he was saying, no, it, you know, he's more scared of cows and, and donkeys and stuff, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Where we are, we don't have any big, um, any, any big sort of animal conflict with the big sort of um, elephant, um, lion stuff. We're not in the right areas. I mean, we do have all those animals in Uganda, but they're not in the areas where we are. So, um yeah, I mean, you do. Yeah, you have to be be aware of uh, snakes in certain areas. But I mean, if it's if you're on if you're on well used paths and trails, then that's not really an issue. Um, yeah, things like you know cows and, and goats will be tied up with a, a rope. So you have to. The, one of the biggest things if you're riding fast, you have to make a really quick decision as to which way the animal is going to go and which way <laughs> where it's tied up because suddenly you've got a you've got a uh, tripwire on the on the trail being caught out maybe once or twice but no, yeah normally you, have to, you can figure it out but yeah no there's not yeah there's, there's, not, there's not too much um yeah not too many problems with animals and stuff Oh, good stuff, good stuff. Well, let's talk a wee bit about the enduro race then. Um, so you've got an enduro called Mount Elgon, is that right? That's right, yeah. Mount Elgon MTB race. So that's across country and enduro race, is that is that correct? That, that's right. So we, yeah, it was already sort of traditionally always just a cross-country race. Um, it first started off as just an 18K race. We, we first did, held it in... 2011 um and then the last few years that's that's um been bumped up and it's around a 33 um k race about 1200 meters of elevation in it um lots of single track um and then yeah we 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 had a held our first well we sort of held an enduro last year but it was just sort of a bit of a almost a sort of tester we just did a couple of stages um just to sort of try it out. And then this year's, which was just, um, when was that? Well, earlier this month, sort of beginning first weekend of December, um, 
we yeah we had an enduro and it was sort of the first proper one. We had four stages um, over a single day and um, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, we we didn't get heaps of people for the enduro. I mean, to be honest, most people here in Uganda, sort of the expat community, the majority of them are your sort of lycra clad cross country riders um, who just like riding relatively long distances on not too challenging terrain. So, um, so yes, yeah, so we've not got a huge, huge following with the Enduro, but I mean, it's, it's, it was awesome. I mean, the people who did come and do it, you know, definitely, definitely had a good time and, and had fun. And it was kind of a lot, well, to be honest, you know, a lot of the guys had never done an Enduro before. So it was quite sort of fun just to sort of explain it to people, show people what it is, kind of try and get the idea out there and, um, um, yeah, try and sort of share that style of riding and racing with people. So, yeah. 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 And, and what, what was your background, uh, with race events? Had you raced XC or Enduro events before organizing the Mount Elgon race? Uh, no, but um, but I've organised kayak events and I've right. competed quite a bit kayaking. And we well, we still have a big uh, kayak event here every year in January called the Nile River Festival. And and um, quite a few years ago, I used to be part of of the sort of uh, the guys organising that. So I've sort of definitely had a bit of a background doing that. Also in the UK at university, we used to organise kayaking events and so on. So I've had a bit of background organizing events. Um, I've never done any any mountain bike racing uh, previous to the first event we did in 2011. Um, I always, and it was purely just a case of, uh, you know, I, I enjoyed riding up there and, um, and I thought other people would too. So I thought, let's do a race. Let's see if people come and uh, try and share the, share the stoke, you know, share the, and, and, and show people the trails and, and just have a good fun weekend. The whole idea initially was to just get people up to the sort of the region, to the area for the weekend, um, have a man in by race, but also have other stuff going on. So people can go hiking or abs, there's rock climbing and abseiling up there. There's um, a big coffee growing region so people can go do coffee tours and, and all this, the idea is just get people up for the weekend, have a man and buy race, have some fun, have a few beers afterwards, and um, yeah, and it, and, it, and it's grown. So the first year in 2011, we had four people, I think, and then it um, it, it grew to about to maybe eight the next year. And, and actually, this year we had a few lower numbers, but last year we got about 33, 34 people competing. So still quite small, but I mean, it was a decent number. Um, we don't get any sponsorship. We don't sort of really promote it too hard. So sort of it's quite a natural, is you know, sort of just growing naturally. And um, yeah, so um, and, and we've got better. Or I've got better um, at organising it and running it over the over the years. You know, so sort of learn as we go and, and um, try and make it better every year. Yeah, well, that's pretty awesome. You started it basically because you were interested in riding yourself and you just thought, you know, you want to get more people doing this, so why yeah. not do a race? So that's friends. pretty cool. Like, Get some friends to ride with, you know. Sort of, I, mo- a lot of the time I'm riding on my own, so it's kind of like put an event on and I have some friends to ride with, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And uh, the, the enduro race then, do you feel that... Were the cross-country riders or, or competitors, were they asking you to maybe start an enduro or do something like that? Or did it just, you know, um, evolve into a cross-country race and then evolve into the enduro stages as well? Yeah, no one was asking for the enduro, for sure. It was more me just wanting to do one. Um, but I feel that that's the kind of riding that I do. I, you know, the riding I do is sort of trail riding, um, I enjoy going fast downhill, um, and and we sort of had some good sections that I sort of had in mind that would just work really well as, as an enduro, and obviously following how everything's gone in the bike industry in the last few years, it's obviously becoming just a really, you know, popular um, uh, sort of race format and so on. Um, so I was really interested in it. Um, and yes, yeah, so I just thought it'd be really fun to do, you know, and, and trying to sort of show it to people, you know, you don't have to do a, you know, 
cross-country race where you're you're riding flat out for two hours or three hours or whatever it is um, and just kind of killing yourself, you know, whereas with the Enduro, it's so much, you know, it's such a cool format where you can just, everyone can race at their own level or even not race, but just come along, ride, ride the sort of liaison stages, ride, ride around, all be together. And then whoever does want to race just races those short sections and, um, uh, and then you carry on, you know, and it's such a, for me, I, I think it's such a cool, uh, such a cool sort of social uh, format of racing, um, yeah. you know, so, yeah. yeah. And, and, and how did you go about, um, did you have like any different entry levels or anything like that? How, how did you work that out? Yeah, no, we, 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 we didn't really do anything. I mean, it was, we only had about, I mean, we only, this year we only had a few people really for the, uh, for the injury, not everyone. Then we had, yeah, we had a few lower numbers this year overall. So I think we had about 17 people racing the cross country and then we had about, I don't know, um, we had about 10 of us riding the injury, but we probably only had about uh, six people racing it. So it was really low, right. you know. It was, it was, so it was really relaxed, really, really chill. So we just... Um, yeah, we just did four stages. It was all the same, you know. Everyone was sort of on on the same level, and uh, um, yeah, it was pretty pretty low, pretty low key. Yeah, um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. And is there an entrance fee? Yeah. So yeah, what we did this year, we did. Uh, it's all self funded, so we don't have any. It's just definitely, you know, the whole race and. Or both races it's very much sort of grassroots self-funded we're just doing it for the you know for the love of mountain biking really so the all the entry fees are going directly into the running costs of the event so we had 45 dollar uh entry fee for the cross country um and then 35 dollars for the for the enduro but if you did both there was a discount so i think it was 60 dollars for both so um yeah, for the weekend, and um, yeah, and then with even with the lower numbers, that pretty much covered our costs and uh, allowed us to sort of run everything fairly well. So, yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely, and 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 as far as getting involved in the race, how could people enter it, or or how could they find out about that? Yeah, so uh, it's always been uh, just on sort of Facebook. We have um, if you search Mount Elgon mountain bike race or Mount Elgon bike race on Facebook. Then we have a page on there. Um, and then um, everything now is sort of moving. So basically from, yeah, from uh, next week, hopefully, uh, I'm launching a new company, um, which is Clark Expeditions. And we have a website, clarkexpeditions.com. And um, that's going to take over running the the race and it's going to be also um we're going to be offering uh mountain bike holidays out here in uganda also um in south africa and i'm sure we'll be doing something in kenya at some point um but yeah so actually clarkexpeditions.com um and then there's a race section on the website and actually we're going to change things up a bit for next year we're going to um look at changing the format and actually um so, I mean, the, the, the race will still be similar in, in the format, but we're going to be looking at actually getting people in for a, a whole week of riding and racing and, and a holiday um, and actually look at um, selling this uh, race, not just to the, the, the folks who are here in Uganda already, but to guys in the UK, guys in South Africa, guys in Europe, um, so, you know, who want to come out and do... Um, do something a bit different to a race, do something, you know, it's going to be in February, we're going to move the date as well to February. Um, so the next one will be February 2019. Um, so it's a perfect time to get away from the, from the winter cold in, in, uh, in the UK or Europe or whatever. And, um, and yeah, we're going to look at putting together a whole week of riding and racing um, with all your transport, accommodation, beers, food, all that sort of thing included. So, um, awesome. Awesome. yeah, I think that'll be really cool. It'll be a good, yeah, you know, yeah, definitely. And, and and let's have a wee chat about that later because I want to speak to you about that because that is that is quite interesting uh, and I'm sure a lot of people will be interested in that as well. Um, 
So um, for the races, for the main part at the minute, what kind of facilities do people have there and stuff? You know, when the, when the races over that weekend. So facilities in terms of like what do we what sort of what yeah, do we? How, have? Where can people stay and you know? Yeah, sure, what, sure. So so we we um so we have the the lodge up there, which is Sippy River Lodge. Um, and that's a really nice sort of um, private lodge uh, up there in the mountain. We do um, really nice food. There's really nice accommodation. Um, it's a sort of uh, 70 meter waterfall in the back garden, river running through the gardens, really beautiful spot. Um, we actually host the race from across the road from our, our lodge because we don't really want it filled up with um smelly mountain bikers for the whole weekend but no, <laughs> there's a there's a little place just over the road um uh called noah's ark uh which is a little campsite um kind of backpack a locally run little place but it's got a great uh garden and a great um view sort of lookout for the sunset and all that kind of thing so we host the race from there um where people can camp or there's some cheap rooms and then we do all the food from there. Um, but people can choose to stay in other places. So if people want to come and stay at the lodge, they can stay there. And there's actually in, in, in the area, which is called Sippy Falls, there's actually a few other campsites and backpackers and lodges and so on. There's probably around five or six different options of where you could stay if you wanted to. So um, basically people can choose uh, in terms of the way we run it this year anyway, people can choose where they want to stay. Um, and we, we're running a, a sort of uh, all-inclusive little camping and food package if people just wanted to keep it cheap, where you could just camp two nights, get all your food, just for like $50 for the whole weekend. Um, yeah, and then everything was there from the, from, from, from that place, from Noah's Ark. So we would just have... Uh, have our meetings there, pre pre race briefings, all that kind of stuff. Everything was based from there, um, and uh, yeah, but it's pretty good. I mean, you've got uh, yeah, you got everything you need. You got um, you got food, you've got showers, toilets, rooms to stay in, uh, coffee, cold beer, all the all the important things, you know. So the races are well looked after, then, anyway. That's for sure. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Everything there's, you know, everything you needs there, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's good. Well, it's, it's, just, it's like you say, it's just part of a community as anything else, you know, these race events. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's great to have them organised like that and have them facilities on site, which is brilliant. Absolutely. And last year we had bigger numbers. So what we did, I mean, last year was really great. What we did last year, we had, because um, we had sort of 30, 35 people, 34 people racing, but we had another 10 or 10 or 20 people sort of hanging on who weren't actually riding. So we probably had around 50, 50 or so people. So last year we had a, um, we did a pig on a spit on the, on the Saturday night after the race. We had a big fire and loads of beers and stuff. So we had a really good vibe there. And um, uh, we didn't do that this year just because we had um, smaller numbers and people were, a few people were sort of doing their own thing. So we, we, we were slightly more... Um, scaled down this year but yeah last year was definitely a good vibe it's um it's uh yeah yeah big 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 barbecue big mm-hmm. fire and beers and so on so yeah it's good yeah it's a good good fun time yeah and, and why do you think the numbers were slightly less this year i don't know it's a hard one i've been trying to figure it out i mean there's a few guys who just couldn't make it and um, some a few friends of mine who sort of helped me out um, previous years and they were just unable to to come whether they were um busy working i think one was writing his phd one was uh busy doing some other stuff with his family i think his wife was away and he had to look after his kids so there's a few sort of key people who definitely just couldn't make it um mm-hmm. and then I, i've been sort of I'm, I'm wondering i think for some people i think the, the race might be a bit too hard it's not that hard but for some of the people in in Uganda here, um, who are very much outdoorsy people, but they're not necessarily specifically mountain bikers. I think, uh, I mean, some of the part of the course is quite challenging. You know, there's some good single tracks, some good technical rocky stuff. I mean, you can walk down it all. It's not dangerous or anything. Um, but perhaps some people who, who I know were sort of definitely in the country, but they came last year, perhaps, I think, you know, decided, okay, we did it last year. We don't... Don't need to do it this year, so I'm not sure. There's a uh, also maybe we just didn't promote it quite so much. It's definitely um, 
you know, it's not a huge, huge sort of, it, you know, it's not a huge thing for income or anything. We just, you know, I just do it for fun. So maybe, um, maybe just didn't spend so much time on it this year. But I mean, we still had a good few people, and everyone who came had a good time, and that's. You know, it was a good excuse for me to go ride my bike for a week as well. So, I mean, it was still good. Um, it was, uh, but yeah, I've been trying to sort of ask myself that. And I think that's part of the reason why I want to change the format. Um, this this thought for, ne- for the next time, you know, let's, if, if, if what we're doing isn't quite what people who are here want, I'm not going to, I'm not going to make an easier race because the terrain we've got up there is so incredible. I don't want to do a race that doesn't utilize that. Um, so that means let's find people who actually want to ride some good trails. And if they're not here in Uganda, then let's bring them in, you know, and that's sort of the idea behind, um, wanting to sort of change up the format. And, um, you know, there's definitely quite a few, uh, races around the world I've just been looking at and, um, that do the same thing, you know, let's, let's push it as a holiday. We'll keep the race days over the weekend so anyone who's local in Uganda or Kenya can still come over and enter um, but then we'll get guys in from um, from overseas who actually want to ride this kind of terrain you know I think that's the, yeah. the way to go um, certainly I mean there's there's plenty of, of mountain bike races in Uganda already which are just on dirt roads and not very technical and, and they get good some of them you know get some good Good numbers, lots of people entering, but um, that's not that's not what I want to do. So yeah, yeah. And what kind of what kind of people would you get entering? Would you get local guys coming and entering the enduros? As in, like local Ugandans and stuff. Yeah. Or the expat kind of people. Or? Yeah, like local, like locals from that area. You know, would yeah. they enter, or is it all expat type? Yeah. So locals from that area, not so much. There were they're definitely. Like in Kampala and stuff, we've got some local Ugandan riders who are who are pretty good. Um, there's certainly a decent scene in Uganda, but there's maybe more guys doing road. Um, in terms of the local Ugandans, there's probably more doing road cycling than mountain biking. Um, but there are a few mountain bikers. Um, they're not really enduro style riders. They're more the um, cross country um, kind, um, and it's fairly small in, in Uganda. I mean, I think you've spoken to Simon already and those yeah. guys in Kenya. Kenya's got a much bigger scene. Um, I think that's partly down to sort of um, sort of economics. Is I think there's more. Uh, Kenya's got a, probably a, a larger sort of middle class uh, demographic, guys who've got money and got time to spend money on fun things. Perhaps than Uganda has. Uganda is a little bit further behind in that sense, but yeah. So, so we're not. Yeah, it's not really going to be um, the local, the local guys who are going to be coming to to do this really. But there, but yeah, there are a few guys in um, in sort of in and around Kampala, uh, local Ugandans who are good riders, certainly very fit. Um, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you were saying earlier, well, that if you wanted to do something like that in Uganda, you could just go ahead and do it. Do you have to talk to local councils or anything before you're on the race to set up the trails, or can you just go ahead and organise it yourself? Yeah, I mean, you kind of do. Um, I mean, I've been up there. We started the lodge up there um, basically 10 years ago now. So I've been up in that area for 10 years, and I've been riding a bike up there for sort of six or seven years. And the trails that we hold the races on, I've been riding for pretty much that entire time. So I know all the guys along the way. Um, you don't really need any official permission to do anything like that, but you obviously need to um, keep the. You know, you obviously need to be have a good relationship with the community. Otherwise, you know, they're gonna they're gonna be annoyed. So and so. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's become a thing, you know, we've been doing it every year now, so the guys in, in those communities know that we have the bike race every year, and then um, basically when I, when, you know, the week before we have the race, I just go up and I just ride the, the route basically every day for the whole week and just stop and talk to everyone along the way and tell them when it's happening and what we're doing and have a chat and, and all that kind of thing, and, um, and then everyone everyone's pretty happy, and then... Um, we also use all those local guys and girls and 
kids sometimes, the, you know, basically families often, so it would be the whole family working for us, and we use those guys as the marshals for the course. Um, so, and they all get paid quite well um, for, for being marshals. So we're basically sort of putting money into the entire race course just by having, by employing people all the way along the way to be marshals. So um, yeah, that's, that, that keeps that's everyone pretty happy. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I was going to ask you about that, how how you went about getting your marshals, and yeah. and if you did have to pay them, you know, or if they were, if they were volunteers as such. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. So when we first started the race, we used to, oh, I just print some like, print some arrows off on the computer and laminate them, some little signs, and get some tape and put them up and that sort of thing. And then we realised quite quickly that. Um, you know, if you put those up the day before, a couple of days before, come the day of the race, the kids would have stolen them or they'd have turned them around or, or whatever. And so you would have, you know, there'd be nothing there or, you know, people would get lost and so on. So we sort of soon found out that really we had to have people stood directing, you know, people actually being marshals and directing people. Um, and, and because we're using a lot of single track and a lot of these village trails, there's... Um, in some areas, there's so many branches in the trail, you know, so many little turns and so on. We're, we're, we're just having to have people, so many people. So I think this year, all in all, for the cross-country race, it was it was about 60 or 65 um, marshals that we ended up using over a 30 wow. course, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so it was quite a lot. And, and, and they all get paid well. I mean, for... It's, it doesn't sound like much. It's probably equivalent of around, uh, what would it be? Equivalent of around five pounds. Okay, so it doesn't sound much. But it's about, it's about four. That would be about four days' wage for just a, a non-skilled, you know, digging in a field wage in that local area. So they're getting like a four days' wage for one day. And then they get a they 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 get a few little they get a soda and a few few little things like that as well. So it's so they get they get paid well for for you know for, for what they do and they they all get a bib. They get given a, a fluorescent bib and they they uh, stand at the wherever they need to stand and point everyone in the right way and so on and um, keeps all those guys happy and, and pretty much that's what all the entry fees are going on. So. Everyone pays their entry fees, and then that, all that money is going sort of all the way back into the community along the way. So it's quite quite cool. Yeah, no, that that that's very cool. Um, and as far as the trails go, you were saying you would you would ride it every day there for for about a week. Um, as far as the enduro trails go, do you need to do much prep for them, um, or how did you go about choosing them? Um, was that a long process? Or yes, I had. Yes, we did four stages for the Enduro this year, um, and I sort of had them in mind for, for the last well, for the last year or so. Um, yeah, and they needed a bit of prep. There's sort of one, um, two, two of the two of the Enduro stages were part of the cross country course, um, so there were just certain sections of that, and then two stages were were separate. Um, there's kind of one zone we come into where we ride a lot. Um, where you come out, there's an area I call Fingers Rock. It's like a peninsula that sticks out. Um, you've got the, the mountains, got these sort of plateau levels and then like cliff bands. So you've got, got lots of different levels coming down. So you've got this area where it comes out, this peninsula, and it's just dropping off to the to the sort of valley below on either side. And there's some big IQ rocks, which we call Fingers Rocks. Um, and in that zone, there's probably four or five different options of trails that, that drop off different sides of that sort of peninsula. So, so we had um, so most of the enduro stages are from there. So two of the stages actually had the same starting point, um, and then they dropped off different sides um, of there. So we'd, we'd do one and then we'd walk back up and do the other. Um, yeah, and they needed a bit of digging. Um, but I mean, the one thing, good thing here. In, in Uganda, in these rural communities, is you're never short of people who want a little bit of money for doing a bit of work. So you can ride, and I'll just basically stop, and you'll find some 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 guys who've got got a hoe or a, or a panga, like a machete, whatever. You know, these guys are just working in the fields anyway. So I'll end up with a little crew 
literally running behind me for, for, for a couple of hours and I'll just have a pocket full of small change and be like, okay, this rock needs to move and then I'll dig that. Okay, this bush needs to be uh, chopped back. And then, so we'll just, yeah, I spent maybe two days prepping the enduro stages, two or three days, and we were just um, finding options. And if there was a section that wasn't quite rideable, we'd, we would uh, have a look around, maybe find a new, a new, a better way to do it, or yeah, move some rocks, dig something in, or, or whatever. So yeah, I mean, mo there's not much, yeah, they're pretty rideable as they are, but um, yeah, there was a few bits just to, just to make them uh, fully rideable, we had to do a little bit of work. But yeah, I mean, it's great. There's so many people around who are, who are willing to help and always want to earn a little bit of cash. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And, and do you get much feedback from the, from the riders, the racers? Do they give you much feedback regarding the trails and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I've got some really good feedback. Like, um, last year, especially with the cross country course, had some guys, a couple of really good riders, uh, came in who were based in Kampala and, and one of them had ridden the Cape Epic before and, trained with Team Rwanda and all this sort of stuff. So there's some guys who got some pretty decent, uh, you know, do some pretty decent stuff. And, and uh, yeah, got some really good feedback from, from them, you know, just saying, oh, that was, you know, that was incredible, really, really cool, cool route, cool course. Um, and, and this year with the Enduro, uh, one of the guys who came through was just stoked because he doesn't get to ride anything like that. He's based in Kampala as a lot of people here are who, who work in Uganda, they, you know, their jobs mean they're working in the city and there's, there's not much to do there. And they were, yeah, they were, they were buzzing from, from the stages and we had some really cool, cool sections. You know, you got little drops and wall rides and, yeah, really fun, proper, yeah, proper enduro kind of riding. So, yeah, definitely get really good feedback from, from people. Also get <laughs> get bad feedback, but it's from guys who they just not, you know, get a few people who are coming in who aren't really mountain bikers and they maybe think it's just another race like the other ones in Uganda, which are just, you know, which anyone can do. And so I think they, you know, occasionally get guys, you know, we, the cross-country race this year, the winner was two hours and two minutes and we had a few guys coming in in four and five hours and, and, and they were struggling pretty hard. Um, and so, yeah, but, you know, but yeah, for, 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 for the guys who, who are mountain bikers and know what they're talking about a little bit more, really good feedback. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that's good. Well, you seem to be really enjoying it anyway, and uh, you know you're you're taking it to the next stage. So, yeah. so happy days. It's good for you. It's good for the local community there. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, yeah, 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 brilliant. So let's talk a wee bit about your new venture then, ClarkExpeditions.com. So um, you talked a wee bit briefly about that earlier, uh, but what was the what was the reason behind that? Just to start that, to start the mountain biking thing. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of reasons, I think. I, I've been, because I've been planning to do something like this really for the last, I'd say three or four years, I've sort of been, been, been planning to do, do it. It's just taken me, me a bit of time to do it. So, I mean, I've always, you know, run trips and guided trips, whether it's kayaking or rafting or, 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 or other things like that, um, you know, for, for the last for 15 years or so. Um, and obviously now mountain biking is my, my new thing or my, my current sort of, um, you know, favorite thing to do. It's sort of a, a natural natural thing to do. And also we just have incredible, uh, you know, like we've said, we've got incredible trails here, really cool potential for running trips. Um, and we've also, I've run some great trips. So I had um, 2013, had Hans Ray over here, did some riding with him for a few days, him and his wife were out here. Um, and when was it? 2015, I think, early 2015, had a ex downhill pro rider from Czech Republic, Kamil, um, come over with, um, actually another Czech rider, a girl, she was in, she raced BMX in Beijing Olympics. Um, right, wow. they were over here. So I've run some, we've run trips. Um, we just didn't have an actual company to, <laughs> to sort of market it and sell it. Yeah. Um, and, and basically the two businesses I already have, the rafting company and the lodge, the, 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 the business model doesn't quite fit with what, with what we're doing there. So it was a case of, okay, 
if I want to do these trips, I think, you know, I was trying to see how it could fit with these other businesses and it didn't really work into the business plans of, of either of those. So, so that was sort of the motivation behind it. It was like, okay, I think we need to, or I need to start a new, start a new company. But, um, you know, I'm, I'm quite busy with other stuff as well. So it's taken quite a long time to get going and to sort of just, uh, figure everything out and, uh, uh, you know, just the, actual sort of behind the scenes stuff of starting a business and writing all the sort of safety management plans and uh, operating procedures and all that sort of stuff, getting all those sort of things ready um, in order to do everything properly, um, build a website, do all that sort of stuff. So, so yeah, but I mean, personally, I, you know, one of my favorite things is just guiding people and showing people around and, uh, and leading people on sort of adventures and trips, whether that's, like a one-day kayaking trip down a river or a week-long hiking trip or, or whatever. I love just being out there and actually running stuff rather than, you know, being in the office and, and that kind of thing. So, yeah. so, yeah, so I really wanted to do it. And, and I think as much as anything, it's, it's so incredible out here and the mountain biking is so good, but all the other little things are, are so good and Uganda's a hell of a lot of fun um, place to be, you know, and, and and we've got so many other options, you know, and, and, and things we can tag on. So we're going to run sort of the core is always going to be the mountain, well, initially at least, going to be the mountain biking trips. But we can add on whitewater rafting. We can add on kayaking. We can add on a safari. We can add on a gorilla trip. You know, there's all these things that we can do in Uganda, which we can, um, we can add on. So depending on what people want to do, we can, you know, we've got – got lots of options um mm-hmm. yeah so no so it was sort of the natural thing to do it's just taken me a while to get around to doing it um but i'm really excited so i'm almost there we're going to hopefully launch in the next uh well probably by the time anyone's listening to this we'll have launched and clarkexpeditions.com yeah. and we'll just try we won't be too ambitious to start with so we have a few core trips um initially a couple of different options here in uganda Actually, an option down in South Africa, which is a heli biking holiday down in South Africa, which is through a friend of mine's company who who does that. And um, yeah, we'll sort of go from there, really. See how we go, I guess. Yeah, and I was on, I was on your website, and it it looks very good. And um, you know, your your trips, your mountain bike, your guided tours, as such, your your guided trail tours, um, seem to be a wee bit more adventurous than a lot of the other stuff out there. Yeah, so would, would that be fair in saying that? Yeah, absolutely. And I get told often when I speak to, I, I've, I've been to a number of tra- sort of travel shows, trade shows over the years, and I've been and, and sort of given itineraries to some of these bigger companies, and they all turn around to me and say that what I'm doing is too hard. But um, so it's definitely not going to be for everyone. Um, but yeah, it is. It's going to be they're going to be real, real adventures. Is how I kind of want to put mm. we're doing real mountain biking on good technical terrain and um yeah they're going to be quite tough physically and technically so it's definitely a niche market um and they don't have to be that tough you know all the trips can be tailored to exactly what people want to do so you know we can have a rest day we can do half days we can uh, just take our time on some stuff but yeah they're going to be proper adventure adventure riding you know and um and and yeah it's going to be a niche market not everyone's going to want to do it but people who really do want to get out there and, and do something a bit different and do some proper riding on real technical natural terrain it's not a bike park it's not manicured smooth trails you know it's um uh, and we're in a wilderness environment so you know we've got to be pretty careful as well but um yeah, no, but, but but the rewards are there. You know, it's definitely not for everyone. But if you do choose to come and, and do a trip out here, you're going to be doing something that very few people have done. You know, we're doing we're we're hiking to the top of a volcano and riding down the side of it. You know, there's about six wow. people have done that trip um, so far with me, and that's it. You know, so yeah, um, yeah. yeah it was crazy. Uh, and are you going to be guiding yourself? Well, are you going to have local guys guiding at some stage maybe in the near future um are you going to be employing um you know local guys as well for this business as, as well yeah what way is that all working yeah initially um for this first year especially i'm going to be guiding everything myself so 
um, I'll be running all the trips. Um, and then um, actually one of my, my um, raft guides, local guys who works for, uh, works for the rafting company, is a pretty good mountain biker, and he also happens to be a driver um, as well. So he'll probably be um, coming along as a driver and a backup guide. It depends a lot on trip size and how many clients you have and things like that as well, so as to whether or not we need other, other guides. But, yeah, the plan will definitely be to, um, um, to train up some local guys and, uh, and, and employ some people as well. But, um, you know, if the, the, the business grows, hopefully um, – We'll definitely be looking at getting in um, some guys, possibly seasonally, because we have a rainy season over here, so we can't run trips. We can't run mountain bike trips right. necessarily yeah. all year round. Um, um, but yeah, we'll definitely look at hiring people and training up locals and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah what an awesome <laughs> opportunity for people there too, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. That, that all sounds very, very exciting, and um, I hope it all goes well for you, which I'm sure it will. And are you going to limit your sizes, your your group sizes, to any kind of numbers? Have you thought about anything like that? Yeah, I've thought about it. I guess we'll just see what people want to do. I mean, I imagine most of the trips will be quite small. You know, you're going to be getting a group of friends coming up to do a, to do a trip. Um, for instance, I've got a, a buddy in South Africa. He wants to come up with a group, and that'll be four people. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see how it all works. I definitely don't want to be running. You can't run big groups on this sort of thing. You no. just, as much as anything, the fat factor just slows things down, and 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 it just becomes, you know, just just trying to have breakfast and and get on your bikes and and leave in the morning becomes something that takes you know, 45 minutes instead of 10 minutes. You know, so yeah, yeah definitely small groups um, is is going to be the ideal and also if you start getting bigger groups you're going to get um you know your ability you're never going to get quite all the same ability so you ideally getting smaller groups who are the similar similar ability so you know a group of buddies who ride together in the uk who want to come out exactly you know, out for a holiday that's your sort of ideal thing um yeah yeah so it'll be, yeah it'll be small groups Sure. Yeah, perfect. And um, I certainly will put all the links and uh, website addresses and stuff on the show notes so people can can get involved and find out what you're doing there and get get easy access to your website and stuff from there. Um, and is there any other way people can get in contact, stay in contact, well, or if they want to chat to you about something regarding the holidays or or the the race or anything like that? What's the easiest way or the best way to find you? Yeah, I think the easiest way is just straight through the website, climbexpeditions.com. There's a there's a contact form on there where you can just get straight in touch with me um, uh, through email. That you can you know you can fill in a form with a bit more information about you and what you want to do. Um, and then on Facebook, yeah, there'll be links through the website to um, all the Facebook pages and Instagram and, and, and that kind of thing. So um, sort of keep you up to date with, with what's going on and so on. But the, um, the website's got a sort of news feed section on it, so a little blog section. So the idea is we'll keep updating everything we're up to and all the sort of news that's coming up and, and that kind of thing. So hopefully we'll be quite, a, you know, new content coming on there as well. And, uh, yeah, sort of show everyone what we're doing this side of the world you know yeah awesome awesome well it does it looks you know and the, the, the only problem with doing podcasts well is every time you speak to somebody something else goes on your bucket list you know <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. that's that's the only problem and and east africa now is on my bucket list because it does sound amazing out there there's so much good stuff and uh, i'm going to kenya in about uh Five days time, driving over to Kenya, and um, we're, we've been a few of us have been asked to do a little recce um, for a possible enduro for an established race that happens in mm-hmm. February. But they they want to look at doing an enduro, so there's a few of us going up, and that's on Mount Kenya. So we're I'm driving out there in a few days, go do some riding on Mount Kenya for maybe four days, and um, then be back here. And yeah, there's, there's, there's a good place. There's lots of good cool. stuff going on. So. Yeah, and and how long will that drive take? Yeah, uh, if uh, it's like a full, it's like a full day. It's like an eleven-hour drive. So I either get up really early and do it all in one day, or um, I've got a van with my bike in the back and a mattress. So just either either do that or just split it up, stop somewhere nice and spend the night. So um, yeah, yeah. 
Cool. Well, that's brilliant. Well, listen, well, I, I really hope everything goes well uh, with all your different um, things you're up, up to there. You're definitely kept busy, that's for sure. Oh, absolutely. There's no, yeah, no problem with that. Brilliant. I'm always busy. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And, yeah. um, uh, the whole East African thing seems to be really taken off, so I'm really glad I've got to chat to all you guys regarding what's happening out there, and it's a real eye-opener. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, no, it's cool. I'm so, yeah, I'm stoked you've uh, sort of picked up on it, and I think there's going to be some uh, some good content with uh, some of the other guys you've spoken to as well, and um, yeah, it's cool. It's really good. So yeah, no, thanks for uh, thanks for giving me a shout, and thanks for thanks for inviting me along. It's great. Yeah, no problem. And we'll maybe get you on a wee bit later uh, and see how the whole, you know, the, the Clark expeditions is going for you. Yeah. And uh, we'll yeah. maybe chat to you again about that and, and get a wee bit more involved in that, a wee bit more in depth, just uh, let you let you run that for six months and then maybe chat to you again. Yeah, how that's things are. Sure, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See if it's all good or if it's all gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think the great thing for you is, you know, you have such a good background and such a long background on doing similar stuff. So, you know, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the thing is as well, it doesn't have to, doesn't have to I don't need to earn any money from it right now, you know. So um, get it all up and going, get all some really good products out there. And then, um, you know, if we get some people to come over, great. If no one comes straight away, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to be on the poverty line. I've still got the other businesses going. So it's, uh, it's all good. Yeah. Awesome. Brilliant. That sounds awesome. Well, thanks again very much, well, for coming on. And uh, I know it's we're talk we're well. It's just after Christmas. It's going to be the new year in a couple of days. So uh, thank you for coming on at this time. I know it's a pretty crazy time for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. No problem. No problem. That's awesome. Thanks. Well, all the best. Cheers. Bye. That's a wrap, folks, for episode number thirty. I hope you enjoyed that. And thanks so much for Will to come on the show and tell us about his Mount Elgon Enduros and his new adventure Clark Expeditions uh, that looks really good go check out the show notes and check out his website um, and everything else Will's got going on there because the man has it happening in Uganda if you're wanting to visit that part of Africa he's the man to contact he's got his own lodge and all there as you know if you've been listening to the podcast so it's it's pretty awesome stuff so thanks so much so if you want to know a wee bit more about Will just visit the website and visit the show notes the website address is www.mtb-tribe.com you'll find all the links on there to Will you can even listen to the show from Will's show notes as well and you'll get a wee bit more insight into what the man does and uh, how to get in contact so if you enjoyed the show please share on iTunes if that is how you listen to it I would really appreciate it and five stars is always the best uh, as you know so thanks so much to the guys that have been doing that we have a number of good ratings and stuff there it really helps the show get seen on iTunes and gets more people involved in the show and hopefully I can help them like I'm helping you just find out a wee bit more about mountain biking and maybe put your commute into work a wee bit easier or however you listen to the show so it's available on iTunes it's also available on Stitcher for Android phones if that's your preferred method of listening that's also cool all free to download all free to access so I just want to say thanks for those guys that are doing that and you can also visit the website and just listen to it or download it to your PC or your phone straight from the website. So that's all doable. Now, I just want to say a little sorry for the subscribers um, that were listening to last week because you wouldn't have got your subscription email last week just with the show notes and stuff attached. Um, I am updating the email and there was a hiccup. My fault completely. I just forgot to click one button to send to all subscribers, just not the brand new subscribers over that last day or two but hopefully you've got it this week and everything's cool and i'm going to send you guys out a wee email through the week just to say thanks for being involved and a few more things that um, i'll chat to you about there so if you are a subscriber that's cool if you want to subscribe just go to the website mtb-tribe.com you can subscribe through there or you can contact me through there if there's anything you would like to hear on the show or any guests you would like to hear from or questions even you would like asked just get in contact and I will do that. Also, you can follow us on socials, Instagram, at MTV Tribe, and Facebook, MTV Tribe. So folks, thanks once again. I appreciate you being here. It's pretty awesome to be doing this. And by the way, next week, 
for the local guys around Dava and stuff, stay tuned because you'll be hearing why you should help out with trail maintenance up in Dava. I'll be there. There'll be a load of guys there. It's happening soon. Listen to next week's episode. You'll get more info on it. And I hope to see you there on the trails. We can have a chat. I'll maybe even have a few stickers with me and stuff. Thanks, folks. Appreciate it. Speak to you next week.